What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com with the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. You think we've gotten too radical with our message? Well, I got news for you. You ain't heard nothing yet. And if you don't know, now you know. Go to go Put them together for Tuesday. Also for that Longhorn baseball team climbing in the national polls. Maybe them putting themselves into that conversation to host as one of the top 16 teams when the brackets are announced next week. They can work uh, and put more skins on the wall this week at the Big 12 tournament. We'll talk to David Pierce at the bottom of the hour. Normally a Thursday conversation with the skipper, but uh, because of their Big 12 conference commitments, the tournament commitments, he will join us today. And we look forward to that conversation in uh, about 30 minutes with Coach Pierce. Also, uh, Salacious Gossip in the Blitz for the end of the hour. A lot of thoughts on Carmelo Anthony to T.Y.'s hot or not topic. Uh, this is Melo only played in the conference finals once. Most selfish player of all time. Wow. Um, he wasn't a great defensive player. He's a bit of a ball stopper. And, yes, he was did not elevate his team around him. Mm-mm. That is fair, whether he was in Denver or New York or wherever he, could he was. He score, though. He's definitely not very well liked around here. Well, he's well. He was a great scorer. I mean, I, I would compare him to James Harden. He's a great scorer, who in the biggest of moments um, isn't clutch. Yeah, but James Harden, at least like this year, he led the league in assists. He, he well, showed, he's always been a good. He's shown the ability. Like I, I, I can't remember Carmelo. You know, ever really showcasing his no, he ability great, to share no. the ball at all. No, but. Um, Great all-time score is what I would say with Carmelo Anthony. And as someone pointed out, I always say this, you're, why are you retiring when you've already been retired? You hadn't played in three years. Like, what's the deal? Was he like, why give an announcement? For, why is it, was an announcement necessary? Well, I mean, all athletes, all of us. He's are, had offers, come on. All of us are either reti- retiring or you, you get retired. Yes, he got retired. <laughs> he got retired. The league said, yeah, we're not looking for you. Do you anymore. consider him more of a Nick than a, than a Nug? I do. Nug, yeah. And as I said, you know, I said Jordan earlier. I meant LeBron. When you, when you got with LeBron and those guys, and Dwayne Wade on Team USA, he was great. And that was such a – even like guy like Mike Krzyzewski, who coached those teams, said, man, that guy was one of – I mean, he was just such a great team player. But then when he would get with his team and oh, yeah. wasn't the same for whatever reason. Remember, he and George Carl got into it big time out in Denver. And, uh, you know, Nuggets are at their highest peak now. Uh, so we'll talk Texas baseball, the NBA, and the other conversations of the morning, including the NIL bills that are moving through the Texas – uh, state capital and, and the NCAA is up at our nation's capital. Says he's no fat lever. Loved fat lever. Love the '80s Nuggets. Well, I was a Rockets fan, so they met quite a bit. Alex English and Fat Lever. Uh, those are good teams for sure. It says uh, top Nugget players all time: Jokic, English, Issel, yes. Skywalker, Thompson. Uh, I think uh, this guy Jamal Murray is going to put himself into that conversation quickly. Too. Yeah, I, uh, I would in agree. Pretty short order with what he's doing, because uh, that one-two combination, lethal for the Denver Nuggets. With that in mind, let's pick up these headlines, trending topics, and yes, it is over in the Western Conference. Top Gun, Equipment Rentals bring you the news. NBA playoffs break up the Nuggets. Nikola Jokic and company, the Western Conference's top seed and best team all year. 
will play in the NBA Finals for the first time in that franchise's history. They completed a four-game sweep of the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. Nuggets uh, down 15 at the half uh, to L.A., thanks in large part to a 31-point eruption from LeBron James in the first 30 minutes. But the second half, and especially the third quarter, all Denver, they outscored the Lakers 36-16 to coming out of the locker room. Held on for a 113-111 win. Uh, Jokic, Nikolai, posted another triple-double, 30 points, 14 boards, 13 assists. He did make the bucket that broke the 111 tie, uh, hit the game winner, moves him, the, that triple-double moves him past Will Chamberlain for the most in a single postseason. He is the MVP. LeBron James, for his part, after his 31-point first half, scored just nine in the second. He finished with 40 points. Denver will now await the winner of the Heat-Celtics series, which could be closed out tonight. Longhorn Baseball, we'll talk to David Pierce at the bottom of the hour, but the uh, Longhorns, after their big sweep of West Virginia last weekend, have vaulted themselves into the national polls. Unranked a week ago, Longhorns are number 13 in both Baseball America poll, but also Collegiate Baseball, and 20th in the D1Baseball.com poll, and 22nd in the USA Today Coaches poll. They will play tomorrow, their first action at the Big 12 Tournament, tomorrow afternoon, 1230, facing the eighth-seeded Kansas Jayhawks. Major League Baseball, first place Texas Rangers, received a rough welcome in Pittsburgh. Pirates took game one, six to four, that Ranger bullpen continues to be a problem. Astros, meanwhile, opened up their series in Milwaukee with a 12-2 win. Jordan Alvarez crushed a pair of home runs, including a grand slam. Houston has won eight in a row and 11 of their last 12 NFL owners are meeting in Minneapolis. Their spring meetings, a lot of news made yesterday. Owners approved a rule that would allow teams to designate an emergency third quarterback on game day. That's a rule they revived after the 49ers ran out of QBs during the NFC Championship game. Also yesterday, the owners passed a resolution to allow Thursday night games to be flex scheduled. Um, it's a one-year trial. The games that can be flexed can, will occur between weeks 13 and 17. And uh, teams and fans will get 28 days' notice of a schedule change. And one other piece coming from the Twin Cities. Official word that Tom Brady's move to purchase a minority stake in the Vegas Raiders was agreed to by both sides in the paperwork submitted to the NFL for approval. If ratified, the retired QB will be allowed to purchase a stake from Raiders primary owner Mark Davis. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Come see one of the many reasons your mama loves us this month by getting select Toro and Hustler zero-turn mowers for up to 26% off. Topgun.net, we'll shoot you straight. Yeah. Kiki Vandaway was pretty good, too. Kiki? Kiki he was, shoot it. Yeah, he, he was pretty Not good, too. Notre Dame, right? He played at Notre, Notre Dame? Dame? He's a Notre to Kiki. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, re- I mean, in the eight, my, my biggest basketball stretch was Rockets from about 80. Houston Rockets, early 80s through the championships of the mid-90s. And, um, man, there were some good battles with Denver. Uh, and, yeah, Alex English, Fat Lever, Doug Moe was the coach. Doug yeah. Moe. Old messy-looking Doug Moe. <laughs> he was a mess, man. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, those were some pretty good teams. But this team in Denver is special. This team's different. Yeah, and if you got if you got 40, 41 points from LeBron last night, let me tell you something. And you don't win that game. You weren't. You can play ten more. He's not going to give you games. You're not going to get that many games like that from him. He was exhausted by the fourth quarter. He he went. He did a lot of one on one stuff early in the in the to get that 31 e off the bat. He took guys down low. I mean, he you know a lot of energy from him in the first half. Yeah, I mean, he, he don't he's not going to have that in the fourth quarter. So somebody else has to do something, and they didn't last night. Well, look, I mean, because uh, you're not going to get three games like that in a seven game series for him at his age. Well, look, it's really the same game over and over again with these two, and that's why Kiki said, played yeah. at UCLA. Yeah, UCLA for Kiki Vandway. I'm trying to think who was the Notre Dame guy. I was trying to think. Of. Was it Kelly Trapuca? Kelly Trapuca. Kelly Trapuca. Yes. Always my least favorite name. Could you imagine being named 
Terpuka. Kelly Terpuka. Wasn't a fan of that. But uh, these games were almost all the same. Like the Lakers, this is why I said, argued yesterday, the Celtics just disintegrating and not even trying is embarrassing. Lakers at least fought. Lakers fought in every game. They got down 21 in game one and came all the way back and made it a one-possession game. Uh, Darvin Ham's team showed grit and tenacity, and they fought for the game, but they're just not as good as Denver. No. Uh, they're just not as good. And you're right that LeBron James, at you know his age, 38 years old, playing every minute of the game, is going to be out of gas in the, in the closing moments. And that's why I said the criticism I have of LeBron, aside from the ridiculous flopping he does, is the that in the last minute of the game, like every one of these four losses was winnable for the Lakers in the last minute of the game. And LeBron is the guy taking the shots in the last minute, and he's not making them. Uh, and that's that's where I would argue if you're a Laker fan, you would want LeBron to become the distributor that he's so good at, and drive and dish and set somebody else up for a go for a game winning shot or a go ahead shot. He missed two in the last minute last night. Missed a fadeaway that was just a bad shot. As uh, Jamal Murray played some really good defense, I think it was Jamal Murray on him at that point. Jamal yeah. Murray had a nice block on him too. And then he he went out a runner that that was blocked by Aaron Gordon late in the in the game. He had two looks at it when it was one eleven one eleven, and Anthony Anthony Davis made two free throws outside of a minute in the game to, to tie the game, as the Lakers had gotten behind and they got back to one eleven all, and that's when um, Nikola Jokic hit the big little runner in the lane to make it one thirteen one eleven. LeBron had two shots. To get to 113, miss both. But he did that in every game. When they get inside a minute, he would be the guy shooting. And I don't know, somebody will yeah, get a shooting. Yeah, he needed to be the facilitator at that time. He was tired. He needed to be dishing the ball at that point. Yeah. And letting somebody else try to be the hero. And in the end, it was the, the downfall for the Lakers. Because again, this was a sweep, and you get out the brooms, but every game was there if you're a Laker fan at the end. And that's why that's frustrating. But in the end, it also flips to why the Nuggets are so good. They are really good in those clutch moments. And that's when. Jokic and the combination of Jokic and Murray becomes so difficult to stop. And I know I, I you know, we we made some waves in the first first hour because I said watching Jokic up close for you know, game after game, I've been trying to figure out who it reminds me of. He's a unicorn to the sport to me. But these games watching him, Buck, it's like if Dirk Nowitzki had a baby with Magic Johnson, right? He's just so skilled as a big. He brings that that you know foreign skill. Uh, he's tough as nails, but he also can pass the ball. And I said, like Magic Johnson, and people said, oh, he's not as good a passer as Magic Johnson. Look, he averages 10 assists a game. His floor vision, his court vision is elite. Uh, and he's just, that makes him unstoppable. There's nobody in the NBA like him right now that, that can pass and, oh, the ball and, also, and have such a touch. There's never been anybody like him, period. Yeah, and NBA. let's also say that he's seven foot three. Yeah, that, that whole leading three. the break thing is special to and me. And leads the break, and he's humble. He's a humble superstar. He doesn't need the uh, the attention. He doesn't need the acclaim. He, he's fine passing the basketball. Uh, yeah, he is. He's something else, man. Uh, he's already won two league MVPs. Probably should have won it this year. Now he has a chance to win a finals and potentially a finals MVP. Last night, he was the Western Conference Finals MVP, which is named the Magic Johnson Award. And yeah, I think he he's on par as a passer, court vision, anticipation with the greats all time. The ability to pass the basketball. And I don't think I under I don't think you underestimate the fact that he's seven three and he can see down on everything. I mean he's just, he's got the vision, but he can. There's nobody blocking his vision. You know what I'm saying? And then when he grabs a rebound and goes on the fast break, man, it's something to watch. That dude's unreal. But when, the point is, these games were all decided in the last minute, minute and a half, and that's when the Nuggets become almost undefensible because Jamal Murray is so clutch and such a great shooter. 
And Jokic is such a great passer uh, and going to find the open man. Or, as he did last night, if you leave him single team, he's going to take you to the hole and you know put in, put in the cup. He might be the number one guy in the league that if you tell, hey, I need you to go get a bucket on this possession right now, I'd probably trust him more than anybody else in the yeah, league. Yeah, get the ball into the post to him. Yeah, just and I would say it doesn't it, have to be a three. Just I would say get in, a bucket. The, in the plural, get us a bucket. Get us a bucket. Get Find somebody bucket. who's cutting to yeah, the basket. Right? That's true. That's what Jokic makes him so special. We need, hey, cut, hey, Nikolai, we need a bucket here. Okay. Uh, either I'll get it or I'll set somebody else up to get it. And this is the supporting cast is now built. And uh, Jamal Murray has fully recovered from the knee, and he is special as a shooter and a scorer. And that's why I also said earlier, and people got mad at me, it, it reminds me a little bit of Shaq and Kobe. When Shaq and Kobe were killing it with the Lakers, they, right. just, they had the inside-outside combination that you, what are you going to do? You have two elite players in the end of games that, um, what, what do you do with those two guys? Now, obviously, Nikola Jokic is a totally different big than Shaq was, but equally dominating. And then, you know, Jamal Murray's not Kobe Bryant, but man, his fourth quarter clutch gene is Mamba-esque, pretty damn good. Uh, carried them to the win in Game 2, carried them to the win in Game 3, and last night it was the whole team effort for the Nuggets. They're really good, uh, really a good basketball team and well-coached. A lot to like about Denver. Congratulations yeah, says to LeBron them. took heat from the media for not taking those shots early in his career. But, yeah. all right, that guy is one of the best players ever to play the game. And this part of his career, believe do you think he really – Gives a rat's ass about what the media is no. saying about him as a basketball player, really? Well, here's what I, mean, I would he, say. He's there to win the games now. And he, as, as someone and I, who, is, who is a LeBron fan, I would say what I would say about Jokic. Get us a bucket, LeBron. It doesn't right. have to be you. Uh, and let's also realize one of the things that's made LeBron such a great player, uh, in addition to his sheer talent, is his basketball IQ is through the roof. He's got to know he's tired at the last the end of this game. He's 38 years old. Um, you know, you've played 48 minutes. You... You helped your team build a 15-point lead with your 31-point first half, but you have to realize that at the end of these There's games— There's no doubt. You can't be the one taking those those jumpers where you can't get but two inches off the ground for a fadeaway. Yeah, you're probably going to be out—your You know, your tank's low here. Uh, let's, let's you know, and if you got criticized for it, which he did when he was in Cleveland— Sure. And then with Dwayne Wade— uh, I get it, but I don't I don't think at this point of his career LeBron James has the rabbit ears that no. maybe he ever has. But, you know, again, I think Laker fans, and I did pick the Lakers to win the series, and clearly the Nuggets are the better team, but these were all close games. And uh, it came down to the team that executed in the big moments. And, um, you know, I don't know that I've seen a more entertaining four-game sweep because every game came to the closing seconds and the Nuggets executed and they, they went They do all execute, four. though. That's You're right about that. That group knows how to execute. Says Sabonis of the Trailblazers might have been the closest. Yeah, that's true. Arvita Sabonis, he just didn't play long long enough, mm-hmm. and he wasn't as athletic. That's the thing that will surprise you about Jokic. Because remember, when Jokic came in the league, he was a fat dude, right? I mean, he's Still lost. is. I mean, he's he's thick, but he was overweight when he got into the league, and he was a middle middle of the first-round pick and had to shed pounds. He was a second-round pick. He was second-round? Yeah. Well, because he was overweight, and he had to lose. Well, Nurkic, they, Denver had him and uh, Nurkic, who now plays in Portland. Right. And Nurkic was getting – you know, more minutes than him, and they had to decide. Went with Jokic, obviously made the right decision. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he didn't come into the league like the guy he is today. He's he's developed leaps and bounds over the past few years. Well, look, Anthony Davis is a good big and has a championship, won a college championship. But after these four games, that dude was tired of Nikola, Nikola oh. Jokic. He was wore out. And when he hit that big three um, – Another one where he just puts it up over his head and Anthony Davis can't do anything about it at seven. I mean, he's seven three and he's shooting that ball up over his head from three point land and it's going in. And Davis is like, oh man, I got I got nothing. 
I got nothing for that. That's just too good. And uh, tip your cap to them. Uh, I do think that uh, when we get to this Heat Nugget series, it's going to be fun because I do think you can look at the Heat in a very similar way of Denver. I mean, Bam Adebayo is not Jokic, but he's a really skilled big that will facilitate for his team, block shots. He's probably a better. He is a better rim protector than Nikola no Jokic, doubt. and he does and he does have those Larry Bird skills when it comes to passes yeah. and touch passes. He yeah. has a tendency to disappear, though. I yeah, don't, like Jokic, that Jokic will not disappear for all four quarters. Like if you shut him out in the in the first half, he will come out in the second half and give you something. But you got to feel like Adebayo, knowing it's the NBA Finals, will show oh, up yeah. each time. And if he does, it's him against Jokic, and then you've got Jimmy Butler head to head with Jamal Murray, and then the supporting casts are. You know, pretty well built. Can you get the Joker in foul trouble? I mean, is he is he do pretty well? He had foul trouble last night. He had five fouls. That's right, he did. That's right. He got pretty. He had pretty. He he got those four in a hurry. Did he? Well, he, he got, got back to back charges. In the yeah, fourth. that's right. Um, and then he ran right over LeBron after, one time. He took a charge. He ran smooth through him. Well, as soon as he got five, they were. I mean, they were running uh, picks on him every time and having LeBron switch at him on him. And he, I mean, he defended well. He didn't get. He didn't foul him and. They obviously they won, and well, LeBron missed all the, all the shots at the end of the game. We said it going into it, and now I think we've all seen it. I mean, he is the best player in the world. He's the best basketball player playing the game right now. I think that you know, mantle has been, been belonged to LeBron James at times, Steph Curry. Be- belonged to Kawhi Leonard there for a short period of time until for, he— For one year. Until he started to get hurt <laughs> Are they your coming favorites off the bus. going into the finals? Yes. I think so. Yeah, oh yeah. And the one thing that will get held against the Nuggy Nugs will be that they so far they've beaten— you know, the Lakers are a seven seed. The Celtics are going to be an eight seed, and they they're not beating the elite. But at the same time, you know, you play who's in front of you. And I will say this: as long as that group stays healthy, the Nuggets will be. This could be when they say Shaq and Kobe, or um, you, this could be a little bit of a run. The yeah, Nuggets they'll be are about adding pieces on. now. Yeah, this is going to be a little run. The Nuggets go on in Denver. Well coached team gets along great. That's the that's the thing you love about uh, Jokic too is that he's just such a humble guy. He's not one of these guys that needs. He's not going to become a problem, right? He's not going to become an off-court guy that look at me. Yeah, his brothers right. might. His, now, his brothers are known for <laughs> getting in some altercations. You know, oh, they like to brawl? Oh, yeah. And he LeBron's liable to brothers. retire after this year. He's liable all that he's playing with gonna, his son and all that other crap. He's not going to retire. He's going to look and go, you know what? He's going to view those fourth-quarter tapes and go, uh-uh. There's no way LeBron doesn't do like a farewell tour where he makes the entire year about him retiring. Could be. There's no way. And deservedly so. <laughs> Comes the LeBron fan. I'm tie. Yeah, he'll, he will he won't retire. He just averaged 29 points a game. I mean, he he just scored a 40-point game in the playoffs. I don't think he's done, uh, and he'll retire on his own terms, I think is the way I'd put it. And I, I think he can help a team still. So I think LeBron James will be back. But I think he does have to understand, you know, I don't need to be taking the last shots here in the last minute of these games. Because uh, he, I know he kept trying to prove he could do it in this series. Yeah, or did he ever try so, to prove it? Well, he went over. He went over in the ability. Because remember, he hit. The, he took. But the that big, was that was a pretty good show by him. I thought last oh, night watching him watching him one on one. He gets any bit of help, they win. Yeah, any bit. Yeah, and it, well, Anthony Davis had an okay game in the second half, but and it didn't matter who was on him. He was getting taken yeah. to the to the hoop or he's going to get well, back down. That's the down. thing for LeBron and his future. It takes he, a lot of energy to do that. If he can have a roster around him that could allow him to sit down for five or ten minutes in a basketball game and get a blow, he's still, I mean, he's going to be 39 years next, 39. I, I, I think he plays till he's 40. Now, whether it's in L.A. or not, I don't know. Now, they owe him 40, $47 million this coming year. They owe him $50 million on a on an option the following year. So he's owed almost $100 million over the next two seasons. I wouldn't think, would I he? expect he plays. Yeah. $100 million reasons? 
That's 100, yeah. That's... <laughs> I'm in if I'm LeBron James. We'll be back when we do. We're in with David Pierce. Uh, Longhorns knew what they had to do to get where they are right now, and they did it. They swept the um, West Virginia Mountaineers 29-9 to in the finals. We'll talk with Coach about what went right and uh, when this team flipped that switch, and can they keep it rolling? They're a dangerous team right now headed into the postseason. We'll talk to Coach P next. It's Bucky and Aaron. Yeah, good times for sure on a Tuesday. Longhorns headed to Arlington as the number one seed in the Big 12 Conference Tournament. They'll begin play tomorrow, except for 12.30 against the eighth-seeded Kansas Jayhawks. And uh, we'll have that game for you right here on the Horn, of course. Longhorns win that game. They would play Thursday afternoon. They lose that game. They'd play in the morning on uh, Thursday. But uh, Longhorns feeling pretty good about their winning ways right now after that great sweep. Congratulations, by the way, just coming down this morning from the Big 12 Conference that uh, Dylan Campbell has been named the Big 12's Player of the Week. Offensive Player of the Week for his performance last week in uh, the sweep of West Virginia. And why not? He batted at 538. He's now got a 33-game hit streak and 39 straight on base for D.C. Batting in that three-hole. With this in mind and the Longhorns' uh, mojo, let's go to the Vaqueros hotline and uh, have a Tuesday visit with the head coach, David Pierce. Normally Thursdays, but you guys will be busy in Arlington on Thursday. Coach, we appreciate you being flexible. Yes, uh, appreciate you guys having me. Uh yeah, I hear your intro and talking about D.C. and, and well-deserved, but he's been just so consistent all year. And and in so many ways, he's just such a package of a great outfielder that can throw, uh, runs balls down, and just steals bags. And then most of those types of guys don't hit with power, and he does that as well. But man, he's just been tremendous, tremendous around this young group and new group, and it's been fun to – just watch his develop, development and then those guys around him. Yeah, you talked about him a lot last year in our visits, you know, kind of coming on as the year went on. And he played in the shadow of Melendez and Staley and those guys who had such great years. But uh, you could just see the athleticism, the total package kind of player that he was. And now this year, all year long, despite a slow start with the batting average, we've seen him it's not as, as good all-around player as you're going to find. Yeah, I, I thought if anyone could – handle a slow start it would be dc and uh i sure wasn't wishing that upon him but he was the guy that started slow but just continued to have good at bats and and take the base on ball and still score runs and just his production's just been so good and he can just he can beat you in so many ways yeah, with his defense, as you mentioned, the outfield assists, throwing dies out at the plate, and those weren't just outs, but big outs and big games, big moments of ball games, and uh, the speed is there too, batting in that three-hole. Hey, Coach, the the team itself, I mean, we can go up and down the lineup. I, I think, uh, you know, Jared Thomas and Peyton Powell, I think I had them at 21 for 41 over the weekend, uh, batted 500 at the top of the order, just constantly putting pressure on the West Virginia pitching staff. But I have to just think as a coach, I mean, what you saw this weekend was just – the culmination, a lot of hard work and, and all of it coming together uh, and playing in all phases. But I heard several of your guys after the game on Saturday when you clinched it and raising the trophy talking about the, the game the, the between the doubleheader of the San Jose State game back on the 12th when you lost the first game. And, you know, Garrett Gilmet, I heard him say it, it just didn't sit right with us. And it's not like the players kind of galvanized around, you know, putting an edge on that chip on their shoulder. And, uh, you know, since that game, you guys have outscored your opponents 71 to, I think, 15 or 18 is the score. It's just been a dominant team. What what do you think happened or what, what did happen behind the scenes between games on that Friday afternoon? 
Well, first of all, I, I just think when you look at our team, we've been really good at pitching at times. We've been very solid. Probably most consistent area has been defensively, and we've been elite at times. And then offensively, you know, sometimes hitting you can't control. It comes and goes, but you can, you can really control your at-bats, your mindset. You can't really control the results, but you can control your discipline. And, and, and you're going to have a poor at-bat, but throughout the lineup. And this is the, the, the thing we've been waiting for, is to put those three phases together. And we dominated. And we dominated because we just did our jobs. And we were able to have some success at the top of the order at the beginning of all three games and put some pressure on people. But if your starting pitching can do what ours did and your offense can attack good starting pitching, then, man, it just it makes it real difficult on the opponent, and that's what we did. But you can go back to that game, and, you know, we won two out of three in that series, and that just shows you how difficult it is to sweep. Um, that's a solid team. They, they find a way to beat us on Friday afternoon and kind of late eighth inning, we give it up. And and G is right. That that's that was the best look of our team after getting beat than I've seen them all year. And I knew that was a good sign, even though you know you never want to lose a ball game to learn a lesson. But we still learn from losses. But we learned a lot about ourselves. We have more in us mentally. And I think just the laser focus that we saw this weekend is now the new standard for this group. And it's always what you're looking for, but the group has to feel that. Uh, the team has to recognize that in the clubhouse. And, you know, coaches can, can talk about it, and, and we can we can do things that help them get through it, or, you know, maybe it's, it's not what they want to hear or see uh, from us. But when they get the feeling of that feeling they had after that ball game, then you know you're in the right direction, and that's what I saw. Yeah, and uh, let's put it all together and hold each other accountable. I love, you know, when the players kind of take a hold of it, you can say it all you want and the coaches, but, man, when the players are, I don't want to say pointing fingers, Coach, but really just saying, guys, we have a higher level here. We we don't need to give up games like this. We need to play better. And I love how you say that it all came together because I go back to even, and I don't want to remind you that Oklahoma series a month ago, but it's really where it all flipped. Look, you're you know. going to remind me. Well, I mean, because, you know, I, I know I know fans because we see the text messages and the calls that we get, and, you know, the fans will point to the pitching in that series against Oklahoma and all the hit batters and walks, but, you know, the offense could be more aggressive. The offense can take better at bats, and in, like you did against West Virginia, you know, West Virginia can really run as a team and steal bags and steal bases, uh, but your offense was so on top of the West Virginia team that that kind of took their running game away to where the offense can help out the pitching and the offense can help out the entire ball club if they take those good at bats and are aggressive and score early runs. Yeah, and it's it's a crazy game and it's a beautiful game because there's so many individual confrontations or individual uh, 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 matchups, but then you got to do it within your group of, let's say, middle infielders or infielders. Uh, pitcher catcher and then it's team and, and and if each guy can really recognize doing their own job and a lot of that is just it's focus and the ability to get past any kind of negative or positive that has already happened can i move to the next pitch um and that west virginia series something i've never seen where three games in a row our first three hitters were nine for nine i mean we were 
I've never seen it where we were three for three in the first inning of all three games. And so that pressure was crazy. Can you control that all the time? No. But you can definitely control your discipline and what we swing at and what we don't swing at to a point. And I thought we were just tremendous with our patience and our discipline throughout the lineup to create a lot of our offense and to create opportunity to get good pitches to drive. 29 to 9, the final scores from the weekend. But yeah, early leads in each game, and it really helped the Longhorns and put the pressure in the West Virginia side of things. Uh, all right, so, and, you know, roller coaster every week conversations to a, a share of the Big 12 championship, coach, and you are the one seed. Uh, but I know uh, you and the, the, I heard a lot of the players talking about it. The first first championship of, uh, of all the championships you want. Uh, I think there are five of them out there for you. You've got the first one, and number two is the Big 12 tournament, which begins to, begins tomorrow. Yeah, it does. And we're, you know, we have an opportunity to compete and compete for a championship. So that's our goal. And, you know, our ultimate goal is is still out in front of us. And we don't want to play ahead of ourselves. We want to play as we do in the regular season to position ourselves to have opportunity. And, and of course, we want to win. That's what we play for. And we, we want to win the regular championship. But you know, we understand where we want to go. It, it's just it, these are obstacles or opportunities as we as we continue to get better and continue to work on positioning ourselves. And so we get opportunity to get better and compete. And so we're going to go out and do our best, and that, that's kind of the game plan. Talk about uh, Tanner Witt on uh, Saturday, Coach. Three innings, 44 pitches, no runs allowed. He really, again, he continues to build on uh, on what he's done start by start. Uh, and I, I did not know this, but then I heard Lucas Gordon in the postgame celebration talking about he and he's known Tanner Witt since he's 14 years old, and those guys have been rooting for one another. I mean, a lot of camaraderie there, but really great to see Tanner making the strides he's making towards becoming a real factor for your ball club. No doubt. I mean, Tanner had a lot, a lot to do with Lucas Gordon coming to Texas because they were with Team USA together, uh, and just we had already committed Tanner, and so you know that's kind of how that process works at times. But um, Tanner's, you just there's something so different about Tanner when he toes the rubber that you love, and it's just confidence, and it's. Uh, you know, he loves the competition. It's great for just our other guys to watch him and Lucas and, and just learn, just learn how they present themselves. Whether they got their best stuff or not, you can't tell it because they're always on attack. And they're always involved in the competition. They never back down. And you love that about them. But Tanner was 44 pitches, real emotional finish in the third. Uh, we really felt like he could have gone to the fourth, but looking at, all the variables, uh, Woody and I decided that it's probably best to shut him off right there. He could have gone up to probably 60, but, you know, the pitch count is just one piece of the equation. It, it It's not the bottom line. And so uh, all things considered, I thought he did a great job, and he's in a good spot moving forward in the, in the back end of the tournament. Coach, want to, uh, we mentioned Lucas and how good he's been, and uh, now Tanner Witt uh, on the on the third start. But but LBJ, man, unbelievable! You know, starting as a kind of a Tuesday starter for you during the during the, this process, and working with Woody Williams and, and the staff, and now here he is as a, as as reliable as a, as a two two starters you can find. Another great start for him on Friday night. His ERA is now at two eighty one, and he's taking really dominant stuff to the hill every night. 
Yeah, just going back to Lucas, you can think back of Ty Madden and Bryce Elder and and this this passing the guard, the chain of command, the just passing the torch. And these guys have fed off of each other. Um, uh, Lucas learned so much from Ty, learned so much from Tristan Stevens, and now he's in the role of being the example and 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 being a great example for LBJ and. And then Whit being in the mix, and you just see that kind of coming for some of our other younger guys. And it's really pretty cool when these guys help each other the way they do. But LeBaron Johnson is one of the most success stories you could just – he's got a big arm, but this young man didn't know much about pitching when he got here. Uh, but he, he he knows a whole lot about working hard and paying attention and listening and – trying to repeat what he's taught. And he's got a pitch right now. It's a down angle fastball that a slider feeds off of that. It just, you don't see that type of pitch anymore. A lot of things are horizontal movement side to side. And then most guys that pitch vertical pitch at the top of the zone. And he's one of those guys that gets swings over the top of his fastball and his sliders in the zone so long. And we were actually in the bullpen yesterday and, a bullpen catcher said, you know, the the best pitch on the team is LeBaron Johnson's split finger. And he goes, but he doesn't trust it. And we're like, yeah. And, his, and the the next two best pitches on the team are his fastball and his slider. <laughs> <laughs> He's got great stuff. And so just getting it going in the right direction and – and doing what he's doing right now is just so much fun. And you talk about rewarding when you do this for a living and you see a guy like LeBaron and his development, where he is right now, so cool. So cool for him and and our team. Great stuff, Coach. Appreciate it. And uh, appreciate the Tuesday visit ahead of the week. Safe travels up to Arlington. or Are you already there? You guys uh, heading up there today? No, we're, we're we're actually heading up this morning um, just because we practiced at home yesterday. Uh, it's a short trip, and because we were positioned in the one seat, we got to choose our our uh, our time for practice today. So we'll take the last slide around three o'clock. All right, well, safe travels. It'll be uh, we got a roof there, so don't have to worry about any weather issues. And uh, game at a time. Keep that rolling with Kansas tomorrow afternoon, or just after high noon uh, with the Jayhawks. Uh, we look forward to hearing it and watching it. Thanks, Coach. Okay, appreciate you guys. Hook them. Hook them. David Pierce, there you go. Kind of a proud coach right there for uh, the roller coaster it's been, bringing this roster together with new coaches on his staff and so many new faces and an emergence of a, of a young ace like LeBaron Johnson Jr. That's a mouthful right there. Best three pitches on the team, regardless of pitcher, belong to one guy. If LBJ keeps rolling, watch out because, as he said, he didn't know a lot about pitching when he got here, and he's – putting it all together at the right time for the Horns. We'll come back, load up the Blitz, uh, 447-3776, your time to bring it strong. We'll get you that plus some gossip. First, Craig. Where you get that from? Did Tawana tell you that? Did Tawana tell you that? Because I ain't for no games, okay? It is Salacious Gossip, brought to you by the Icy Cold Frosty Bud Lights, the world's favorite light beer for four decades plus, also the official domestic beer partner of your Texas Longhorns, Texas Texas, and Texas OU game. Memorial Day weekend coming up. Remember, make sure you've got a plan to get home safely. Encourage your friends or you be a, 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 a designated driver. Um, take Uber, public transit, whatever you have to do. As I always say, whether it's the Bud Lights or something else, you cannot dive, drive drunk if you don't drive there. I'm going to get you back safe after Memorial Day weekend coming up. I did see where uh, 
Uh, T-Wack, because Buck had to leave. So Buck is not here for the Blitz today because he took his wife's phone when he was leaving this morning on accident. His wife has jury duty today, so he had to race home to make sure she had her phone for the day. So that's why Bucky's not here. Uh, I saw where, how many people, how many uh, million Americans are going to travel this holiday weekend? How many? It says here 42.3 million. 42.3. Create one of the craziest traffic weekends of the year. Just for Memorial Day? Well, it's official start of summer, too. So school's out, vacations start, trips to the beach. I would think more, normally Memorial Day are like shorter trips, but just puts a lot of people on the roadway. So not flying as much, but it's driving. It's a lake house kind of weekend. Yeah, get to the coast, get to the lake, get somewhere. You got one. Hey, hey Ty, you, uh, you know, the apple of uh, people your age's eye is this young Sydney Sweeney. Oh, right? yeah. She's like the sex symbol of this generation kind of thing, right? Haven't even seen the show she's famous for, but I've seen her. The show on tour. What's it called? Uh, Euphoria. Euphoria. Sydney Sweeney. She is spotted for the first time recently with her engagement ring on. Sorry, Ty. Well, I have a girlfriend, but well, it's too bad. Uh, good, for, good for him. Good for him. And how about this guy's name? Jonathan Devino, 37-year-old. Kind of a nobody. Kind of a nobody. I mean, One know, of my buddies saw her. Average Joe. One of my buddies saw her at um, at a bar on West Sixth Street like six months ago. Okay, Just getting a drink, went up to her, said hello, nice lady. It says here that uh, imagine being a seemingly average Joe and dating one of the hottest, both in terms of physical attractiveness and star power on the planet. Huh? Sign tie up, you know. <laughs> did you, did your friend say uh, thumbs up? Like looks as good in person as does on camera. Outstanding. Okay, Stands good. out. Stands out. By the way, there's a new show coming out on HBO, and there could be a new standout coming your way. Have you seen the the, pre, the previews for this show called The Idol? The no, Idol? I have not. Uh, that's going to premiere this summer, and it stars... How about this? It is... Um, who's the lead? Lily Rose Depp, who is the daughter of Johnny Depp. I'm familiar with her work Lily well. Rose Depp. Is, I believe she's the daughter of Johnny Depp, right? I, I, she looks just like him. And she's about to become the next big thing, apparently, with the younger set. Also in salacious gossip, uh, a study looked at which zoo animals like it when we visit and which ones don't. When you go to the zoo, some animals love to see you, some animals don't want you to be there, okay? Could you guess which animal loves seeing people the most? Uh, elephants. How you got that right? How'd you know that? They're the most intelligent. They need they need uh, emotional nurturing. Good answer, Ty. Elephants buy a lot. Also, uh, animals that enjoy seeing the company: penguins, cheetahs, prairie dogs, cockatoos, grizzly bears, and polar bears. Okay, you know which animal secretly they discovered hates seeing people? Chimpanzees. Ostriches. Oh, Ostriches. Yeah, that makes sense. They're pretty mean. Also, certain reptiles, hedgehogs, marsupials, and kangaroos do not like to see us coming. So, there you go. Now you know. Let's go to your Blitz. The Bucky and E Blitz. The Morning Blitz, brought to you by Apple Leasing, where you only have to pay for the new half of the car or truck. The half under factory warranty in any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and see how easy it is. All right, first Blitzer on a Tuesday. You're up. Hey, LeBron James, nothing but the California chump. But there's one thing I can't figure out. E, when you and your uh, uh, donkey do the rocket show, hey, which one of you wear the lipstick? Next blitzer, you're up. 
Hello, Blitzer. Hello. Hello, sir. People, 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 I will break my three-year hiatus of watching the NBA and apply my one-and-a-half-year experience of working with the Dallas Mavericks to tell you whether Jokic is an NBA passer or not. Keep in mind, I have seen Pete Maravich. Okay, well, hey, give us your report after you watch the finals with Denver included. Next, Blitzer, you're up. Hey, Blitzer. Are you young? Let us stray by old Buckley. Mentioning LeBron with you-know-who. Come on, man. Uh, Well, there's one goat, and uh, LeBron's one of the greatest. Next, Blitzer, you're up. Lakers went from playing games.